Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. To the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, July 3rd, 2023. I'm Jay Eskeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Hey, 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 podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. And last but not least, over yonder, right over there, making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live here on YouTube early this morning. We hit over 80 thousand subs so thank you thank you thank you keep hitting the like button make sure you subscribe share the show with your friends and if you're in vegas later this week because we're jumping on a plane on wednesday on saturday at the bet mgm sportsbook at the mgm grand at 4 p.m local time saturday july 8th it's a little no dunks slash athletic nba show meet and greet you can shake my hand and Andrew Schleck's hand at the exact same time. So come hang out. And, I can't uh, wait to meet Zach Harper. You've never, you've never met what? Zach Harper? What wow. are you talking about? Haven't I? Probably. You've been in the same room. I as would him, be that's shocked sure. if We've you been going haven't. to the same events for yeah. 12 years. Yeah. yeah, it's true. I feel like I've never met him. I mean, we've I done... I mean, it's possible that you've him. never uh, looked him in the eye and shook his hand and you said, remember. hey, you... grade this uh, handshake. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. a good little trade grade uh, Zach Harper joke there for you athletic subscribers. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. Get one. Anyway, 4 o'clock uh, Vegas time there uh, at uh, the Bet MGM Sportsbook at the MGM Grand. I can't wait. I'm excited. Doesn't feel like we're really going to Vegas in a couple days, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, but here we are. Yeah. It's a lot of great icebreakers there as well. There's sports on the board as well. You know, you can just talk sports in the MGM Sportsbook room. Yeah, well, Saturday night. Do? Just, uh, hey, check hey. the sports out. You like that line? Uh, here's what I'm going to say. Yeah, what do you think about that UFC line? Because there's a fight on that night or an event on that there night. Is. <laughs> I mean, there's going to be horse racing on the board, I'm sure. Well, hopefully. Easy, Horses will easy be can story. <laughs> How about summer league lines? <laughs> those will be on the board. How do they make those? <laughs> How do they make those? Crazy. Is Jordan Hood Shafino playing? <laughs> it's going to be an extra p- half point for the Lakers. Uh, all right, look, let's get into it here. Uh, lots to talk about. We're going to do a bit of a free agency roundup. But let's give you the latest on Lillard. On Saturday morning, Blazers star Damian Lillard finally requested a trade. We jumped in the yard. We dropped the emergency podcast. Thanks, everybody, that uh, joined us live or listened or watched it later. Well, later that day, Portland GM Joe Cronin, he dropped a statement. And I will read it to you all. Quote, we have been clear that we want Dane here, but he notified us today he wants out and he'd prefer to play someplace else. What has not changed for us is that we're committed to winning and we are going to do what's best for the team in pursuit of that goal. End quote. Though, 
Joe may have been lying there. Maybe Dame as well. We're hearing reports, as we sort of talked about and predicted, TK. Uh, maybe they agreed to moving off of Lillard or obviously him asking for a trade earlier in the week on Monday. And they just sat on it for a little while. Anyway, that's the Blazers GM Joe Cronin's statement. And we can get into, obviously, uh, trade hypotheticals and whether it's only to Miami or is it one of these other teams. We got Chris Haynes here saying the Clippers, the Wolves, the Celtics, and the Pelicans are all among teams to reach out about a potential Damian Lillard trade. Um, so how's this going to go down? Let's let's talk through this. Does it end with Damian Lillard in Miami or is there any possibility after thinking about it for a couple of days, Trey, that, uh, okay, maybe Joe Cronin and the Blazers will do what's best for them and get a better trade package. But does that even actually exist? What are your thoughts? Well, that's what Joey's saying, isn't it? We're going to do what's best for the team in pursuit of that goal. I thought Tim Bontemps made a pretty good point uh, on the Hoop Collective podcast that if Portland liked Miami's deal, the deal would probably be done. That's where Damian Lillard wants to go. We've kind of known what the offer is going to be from Miami for a long time here, uh, likely led by Tyler Hero as the main piece coming back. You can throw in a Kyle Lowry. You can throw in a Duncan Robinson. But as everybody's been saying, you don't really need Tyler Hero if you're the Portland Trail Blazers. You've got a young guard in Scoot Henderson who's going to be the franchise going forward. You've got a big deal in Anthony Simons who's basically a Tyler Hero-type player. And you've got Shaden Sharp who is a perimeter player as well. So it doesn't totally make sense to bring in hero, which therefore makes you think maybe they're looking for a way to expand this kind of thing, and maybe Portland is trying to figure out a way to get off the Yusuf Nurkic deal, which would be another big win for them if they can somehow figure out a way to get his big contract uh, into this trade here. John Hollinger made a whole bunch of uh, (laughs) sense of the CBA and all the trade possibilities they've got here. They could easily do a three-teamer with OKC that ends up with uh, Nurkic going to Miami, Duncan Robinson somehow ends up in Portland. But it feels like that if the Blazers wanted to get done, this Miami Heat deal, as it is, just a one-for-one, team-for-team deal, it could be done. But, as people have said, they should be looking for a better and bigger package. So it makes sense that the Blazers are doing that, and they should take their time. There ain't any real rush to trade Damian Lillard. The packages have been out there for a long time, and I guess the more you posture and say we're getting calls from other teams, maybe somebody actually believes it. Yeah, maybe somebody juices it a little bit. I think Tyler Hero's part of this deal, but then gets rerouted somewhere else for them just to pick up another couple assets. It could be the Brooklyn Nets. Hey, take Tyler Hero, give us a pick in Spencer Dinwiddie or something to that effect. And then the the Nets are looking like a Hero Bridges, Cam Johnson, Claxton team. I, I, I just think, yeah, the framework is probably already there because this Miami Heat deal, even if it... It doesn't wow you when you're comparing it to a top 75 player. At this point, it's probably the best package available. But I think, yeah, they're just trying to juice it, get a third team involved, and get Hero moving, who uh, already removed Miami Heat guard from his Twitter profile this weekend. Mm. And he changed his header from the Heat header. Mm. So uh, Mm. he also must have watched Tiny Desk and Juvenile do his thing because his profile reads slow motion. So uh, yeah, that's the Tyler Hero breakdown. But uh, I think he's—I uh, think he probably knows. Uh, but yeah, we've—if—if uh, if Joe Cronin did find out last Monday and, and just slow play this, uh, so he could get Jeremy Grant to sign. I mean, I don't—I don't really get that. But uh, um, I guess that's a possibility. And 
why why is why i guess just we're just waiting it out i mean why wouldn't you want to beat the james harden dealers to the punch here mm. you know why wouldn't he just make it happen maybe they did find out this weekend maybe he's only had 48 hours because it's kind of kind of confusing if it is just going to be tyler hero a couple picks uh and duncan robinson because we've known that for a while it was the bradley beal package essentially pretty yes, close yeah, as well pretty damn close let's throw up that board actually jd when you're talking just heat blazers and lillard going to miami and what in theory will be coming back though these guys bring up a good point yeah is hero uh you know move to a third team if they're uh, folded in but it's tyler hero it's probably lowry and his expiring deal or it's duncan robinson because you need some money in here obviously to match the lillard contract along with hero then it's jovich and or Jaime Jaquez Jr., though I will note, he can't be traded now because 30 days need to pass since he was signed as a rookie. He'll be eligible to be traded uh, after July 31st, excuse me, but there is that little wrinkle. And then you see the picks there. Currently, they could uh, offer 2028 and 2030 first-round picks and then a 29 pick swap. But I will um, counter your why hasn't this happened then yet. And maybe it's just like, yeah, let's just try and get better deals from some of these other teams. When you look at the actual draft picks, a lot of people pointed this out. Miami currently owes a 2025 first-round pick to OKC, which then takes all of their first-round picks between 24 and 27 off the table due to a combination of protections and obviously the uh, Stepien rule. But if both sides agree, talking the Heat and Thunder here, to simply making that pick an unprotected 2026 selection, which they could, the Heat would then be able to give away three first-round picks, 24, 28, and 30, along with pick swaps in 25, 27, and 29. I think you're then starting to get to a a much more uh, enticing package for Portland in terms of draft capital. If we're talking, you know, three first-round picks, potentially three swaps, and then, you know, the hero and these other young players. I think maybe, 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 I'm just, you know, spitballing here, maybe that's why nothing has happened. Maybe they're they're waiting for (laughs) Portland wisely is saying, we want more picks. Yeah. We know you can get them, because OKC, I don't know why they would counter that. Oh, you're going to give us an unprotected 26? Okay, sure. They could get there. And then I think maybe we do have, ultimately, Dame going to Miami, which I 100% believe is going to happen anyway. Because these other teams, like, there's talk all of a sudden about the Jazz having an enticing package. Yeah, but what about the part where, like, they want to, like, you know, thank Damian Lillard for his services uh, for 11 years (laughs) and not just send him anywhere And I'm not saying it just has to be Miami, but do you think they really, after all of this, I love you, you love me, are just going to turn around and send them to, like, wherever? And I'm not saying Utah's bad. Like, hell, they'd have a nice little young team. I just don't buy that. I think they are trying to, like, obviously improve their future as a franchise, but also, like, get the guy to sort of where he might want to go as a bit of a thank you. That's what I think. You You can argue whether they need to at all or whether they should, but I think that's... That's relationships in the NBA. Yes, uh, yeah. exactly. Uh, I think that Miami is the is the spot. Probably the best move would be Utah because they have so many picks. They have so many young players you could still talk yourself into. And Utah isn't the worst possible location for Damian Lillard. <laughs> no, no. He was just, like, celebrated in Utah at the All-Star break. Yeah. He played his college basketball yeah. in Utah. It was a huge deal that he won the three-point contest there. Uh, but, yeah, OKC and Miami have already done a trade this summer, the Victor Oladipo trade. So it's wouldn't be surprising if they roll the protections thing yep. into that and unearth another pick. Cause then if you turn, if you trade 24 pick 
28, 30, and the pick swap, you can at least say, hey, we're getting four first-round picks here. Uh, so that's pretty enticing. Uh, the other one that's picking up a lot of steam, uh, John Hollinger pitched, much like Tass was, uh, a three-teamer that would involve James Harden and the Sixers and the Clippers as well. That would return Tyrese Maxey to Portland. People are fired up about Portland maybe getting Tyrese Maxey. How different is that than Tyler Hero? I, this I don't understand. Yeah, it's yeah. like, why, why is that small guard who scores a bunch okay, but Tyler Hero isn't. I don't know. Maybe because Maxi would have a little bit more trade value uh, on the flip side since he's not starting a big contract yet, yeah. but uh, you can also talk yourself into Hero being valuable because he's already on uh, that long contract going forward. So, I don't know. All of the contenders that really want Damian Lillard as the top, as the as the piece to push him over the top, they've all traded all of their picks at this point, basically, until 28 or 30. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's why it feels like this... This Miami one's going down because I'm not sure if those other contenders have the pieces here. Um, but, uh, yeah, as far as, like, uh, Tyler Hero versus Tyrese Maxey, it's just, like, the potential, I think, because um, they're both good players. But Maxey hasn't been unleashed quite yet. It's like the draft picks going back to Portland. Once you make a draft pick, it's not as sexy. That's right? true. Jaime Jaquez, good player. <laughs> But it's not as sexy as the words first yeah, round yeah. pick. You could get anybody with the 18th pick. <laughs> anybody. <laughs> Even Jaime Hawkins. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, so pretty funny. But there's going to be a third team, I think, um, who that third team is. TBD. Can't wait. Maybe we got to get all the GMs out in Vegas hmm. just so they can all talk. Maybe they'll come to the meet and greet. <laughs> Make the trade go down on Saturday. Four o'clock. Come on, all, open invite to all the GMs to come out to the uh, the athletic and no dunks meet and greet there. Um, I've I've heard and read from a couple couple different podcasts and like websites now that plenty of teams could talk themselves in to championship contention with Lillard uh, at the helm, and I can't get to too many teams where it's like first off realistic and like those teams that would acquire him are suddenly there. Like we already talked about the Nets. It doesn't even feel like if the Nets acquired Damian Lillard and obviously kept. Bridges and Cam Johnson, they're not a championship contender. Like, they're still, they're better, but they're not in that in that sort of tier. So who else is it? It's like, okay, the Celtics, I guess you could convince yourself. Yeah. Um, now, it would take Jalen Brown to make that happen, but of course, they're already a championship contender. The Clippers, I guess, <laughs> you know, if they acquired Damian Lillard and they got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and it's like, okay, if they stay healthy, yeah. Maybe the Sixers? Maybe. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then who? Besides the Heat. It's like, I can't think, like, the Nuggets are not trading for him. The Lakers are not trading for him. <laughs> yeah, the Grizzlies yeah. are not. Uh, the Knicks are probably not. I guess they could. Well, not but not a championship team if they Yeah. Could. Cavs, no. It's like, there's nobody else. The Raptors, no. Uh, so it's like three teams. And even all those other teams, like, uh, it, it, what I'm getting at here, man, I will be shocked. Shocked if it's not Miami. Yeah, you hear Pelicans, so what's that? That's Zion? Is that the move? Remember I don't that? know. Lillard and McCollum, you think he could work? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so we'll just see. We'll wait this out. Do you have any more thoughts on Harden, though? Just to pivot quickly to that, uh, since we've uh, you know talked about it a little bit on the pod last week. But it hasn't been a lot you know, more rumors or anything. <laughs> it was like the Clippers, and then it's sort of nothing since. It's just like whether or not, I guess, the Clippers would trade uh, Terrence Mann in a deal. And maybe Norm Powell. It's yeah. It seems like that's the destination. Just the package, or they're they're thinking about. I don't know. Yeah, it's not as sexy anymore to me. Uh, seeing, I mean, th- that's possible that Dame gets to Philadelphia. That's possible. Oh yeah. 
mm-hmm. and Harden gets to the Clippers, and then those two teams just got to throw everything right. at Portland. You believe? Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely possible, but I think um, the reason we're not hearing as much news about Harden is because the Lillard deal has to get done first. Maybe it will include Harden, but uh, Lillard on a longer contract as a younger guy with a better rep, he's going to be the more in-demand trade package right now. So if you're calling anybody, you're calling Joe Cronin uh, before you're calling Daryl Morey, I do believe. All right, well, let's start talking a little bit about free agency because uh, we obviously did a show on Friday night, uh, got to react to all of the day one uh, reported signings, but a lot has happened since then. And I want to start with the Rockets, just looking at them as an entire entity here because they did a lot. Obviously, they got Van Vliet on Friday night, three years, $130 million. Bet on yourself, Van Vliet got the bag. But they weren't done, the Rockets. They got Dylan Brooks, four years, $80 million. That surprised some people. Jock Landell, four years, $32 million, though I believe only the first year uh, is guaranteed, so maybe not as crazy. Uh, Jeff Green, coming from the Nuggets, another vet there, one year, $6 million. And then going out, uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. traded to the Clips. Ty Ty Washington Jr. and uh, Garuba traded to the Hawks. Josh Christopher traded to the Grizz. The Rockets um, traded a what four recent draft picks, including three first rounders, to help clear some money here. Uh, and they obviously get a couple of their guys. Sounded like they really wanted Brook Lopez. Maybe they thought they even had him, and then Brook ultimately went back to uh, the Bucks on a hell of a payday. But what do you think about what Houston did here over these last couple of days? Yeah, they had uh, well over sixty million going into free agency. They walked in and they say, "Head," they said, "Hey, Fred." We want you to be our number one acquisition. (laughs) They paid him very handsomely. I think that's a great acquisition when you're talking about the locker room and what he's going to do for everybody in the locker room. I think it's great. I do think the two-year max that was first proposed, way better for the Rockets than the third year, but I guess that's the cost of doing business, and the Raptors also wanted him back. But that third year is going to get a little complicated. The Dylan Brooks thing is... Super confusing. Who are they bidding against? Four-year, $80 million deal. All guaranteed. No options. Not even a a, a partial guarantee or or anything. Just $80 million for Dylan Brooks for a guy who was banished from his team. It's just a little surprising. That's that's a heck of a lot of money. Again, I don't know who they're competing against when you look at that Jock Landale contract that they handed out. First year guaranteed of only four years, uh, of the four years. Why couldn't it be something a little more similar to that? Because who is offering Dylan Brooks, you know, three for 60? I mean, anyone? Anybody in the National Basketball Association? I know he just made a defensive, all all defensive team. All defense this year. Yeah, which seems like a billion years ago. I had to go check that. All defense, this guy. Uh, But, uh, you know, he is a very competent player. But how is he going to work in that locker room? That's not a guaranteed lock that he's going to help out everybody for year after year after year. I know he does bring the the confidence and all that, but we just saw what happened with Memphis. So I, th- I think that contract is kind of surprising. I know that they looked at next year's free agency, and they've got a, there's a lot of other teams that are going to be offering other team other players money. So they they won't have the opportunity next year. So they're overpaying, but that's just a heck of an overpay. And you bring in Jeff Green, who also got a big paycheck uh, for for himself leaving Denver, who should help that locker room. So all in all, I think the players are right. I just think some of the years are going to be a little bit hampering down the road when they have to pay Jalen Green and Shangun 
and Jabari Smith and others. There's right. a lot yeah. to pay, but the Fred signing, you know, b- besides the money, you know, I, I know we we nerded out. That's a good good guy uh, to have handling the ball. Yeah, the Brooks thing is fascinating because you'd have to fact check me on this, but I believe at the time of the signing, the Spurs were the only other team with significant cap space. Everyone else, I think, was potentially bidding for Dylan Brooks if they were even in the running and even wanted him with the mid-level exception, right? So we're talking like that $12, 13000000 million here. We knew the Grizzlies weren't bringing it back with uh, with Bird Rights. So no it was like, yeah, you brought up like, who were they bidding against? Uh, he got a great deal here. I, look, it is a lot of money for him. I like what the Rockets did, though, as our lights go out. Mm. The lights are not a fan of the Rockets' moves <laughs> as it shits here and starts to flicker. Um, Because the Rockets have just decided, okay, enough summer camp. That's all we were doing here with all these kids. And, uh, you know, no one held accountable. The, the kids were running the camp. They had taken control. We got to get some adult supervision in here. It's Van Vliet. It is Brooks to an extent, obviously. Like, is it Brooks? Well, I think it, it was. Like, I it think was leading the dance parties for the Grizzlies. And so what? All I saw were the Grizzlies winning 50-plus games every year he was a part of that team. <laughs> like, he may, yeah. he may eat a, beat a, a piece of humble pie here after how it ended in Memphis, right? And with the LeBron incident and all that. He still at least gives a shit and has contributed to winning basketball. Um, so I, I, I think it's going to work out fine. The money is big at the end. And then obviously Jeff Van Green is just another sort of... Uh, <laughs> Jeff Van Green. Sorry, Jeff Green. <laughs> the notorious JVG uh, himself. Yeah, I got Jeff JVG. Van Green. <laughs> uh, those three guys, Van Vliet, obviously Brooks, and then Green. I mean, they, this is going to help this team actually just help these players on their team. Learn how to win. Don't forget the jock. Sure, Jock Landau. Yes, yeah, I don't care about him at all. <laughs> Honestly, he's well, fine. Dylan Brooks is he going to be a part of the solution? That's not a guarantee, but they just guaranteed four years, eighty million. I think Udoka wanted a Marcus Smart, and he's like, "Give me the you know a similar version." There's some similarities, Marcus Smart. You know, <laughs> dyeing his hair green. I guess Dylan Brooks wearing his Steve, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, vest and stuff like that. They're characters, but they're hard nosed guys that actually give a shit and play defense. And want to win. So I, I, I actually don't mind it. This is basically uh, Bruce Brown all over again. They said every Dylan Brooks on the mid-level exception. Nobody's complaining about that. And he would no. be helpful to teams. But if you go twice the mid-level exception for four years, he will sign with your team. Um, the Rockets are better. They probably won't be the worst team in the Western mm-hmm. Conference this mm-hmm. season. They'll be second or third worst team. But they're coming from 17, 20, and 22 wins. So they're going to get some more toughness. They're going to get some more complaining here. But really, this is what cap space gets you in 2023. John Hollinger had a great uh, article over at The Athletic. Subscribe at theathletic.com slash no dunks. Basically, nobody signs for cap space anymore. So if you have a lot of money, you got to spend it. And what the Rockets got here was not dissimilar to the 2010 Nets back when they cleared a whole bunch of cap space for that big free agency season. They had to spend it eventually. They got Travis Outlaw, Anthony Morrow, Johan Petro, and Jordan Farmar. All guys signing their biggest contracts of their career yeah. because they needed some veteran help. It helped. They went from 12 wins to 24 wins, and then they traded all those <laughs> guys for Joe Johnson. So that's kind of what I think this is. These are just some guys. <laughs> I mean, like those are be- Van Vliet and Brooks are much better than those four shitty Nets players you named. Them. I, I mean, know, they're at I'm, least one's an All Star. One does make ima- an All Star. Imagine, team. imagine Van Vliet didn't win a championship for the Raptors and Dylan Brooks wasn't Canadian though. Oh, come on, <laughs> you, 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 like, are Homer, uh, 
Come you on. are so you're completely off Dylan Brooks being a contributing player. You thought he should go play in China with the, Shan- no, with the Shanghai Sharks? Uh, but I'm I'm just saying, <laughs> what's he gonna do for the Rockets? They're gonna win 28 games this season, 30 games this season. I, I, I that's what I'm saying. You you gotta yeah. pay the money. You gotta pay the money out. Like I'm sure Anthony Morrow shot 40 percent from three one of those years right. with the Nets. You know, like good players, they, they gotta go play somewhere. Dylan Brooks was willing to take the money because he needs to rehab his image around the league and kind of prove that he can be a solid veteran rather than a detrimental veteran. It's just confusing how long they signed them for. It would have been nice for Fred and Dylan Brooks, in my opinion, if you're in the Rockets front office, to shepherd these guys the next two years to the third year of glory, hopefully. Hopefully. Jamari Smith and Jalen Green have found their way along with guys like... Cam Whitmore, there's they are so 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 deep with young players. Um, I I don't really like Dylan Brooks in year three and year four taking shots from these guys. I mean, is he going to be? Is he going to overshoot these first couple years? I mean, that's I I just don't understand these long long guarantees. Yes, you got cap room, you got to spend it, but you're not necessarily going to have cap room in the third year of these contracts because there's going to be so many guys coming up for deals after two years on your team. So that's the confusing part to me. It was confusing seeing Dylan Brooks as an all-defense guy this year. And I guess, yeah, Udoka definitely sees some smart similarities, sure. But you also got that in Fred Van Vliet. I mean, he he's the, he is the guy. Uh, the Dylan Brooks thing was its a little surprising, but hopefully Jeff can hold it down as well. Jeff Green. <laughs> Jeff. I wish he was going to a different team just Jeff. because he's only been a, he's already been a rock. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. that exciting. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. They overpaid for him, too. I mean, he is going to help, um, but that yeah, yeah, six-plus million, I'm they paid a lot. I'm not disagreeing with you guys. They overpaid for all three of those guys. Four, if probably we include Jock, even though it's only you know the first year guaranteed. It's because they want to establish an identity, and they knew they were going to have to like pay through the freaking teeth for it. But they, I think they have one. I think the good thing about Van Vliet and Brooks, these are big, big deals. My gut says those two guys are not like, got the bag, I'm just going to kick back now and just enjoy my time in Houston, see you at the strip club, going to have the time of my life. I just don't, I feel like those two specifically are not wired that way. It's more of like, if anything, in Dylan Brooks' case, and maybe in Van Vliet, it's a bit of like, I hear what everybody's saying. I'll, I'll use this as motivation, a bit of an F you. You think I'm sort of like overpaid or you know shouldn't even be in the league in Brooks' case. I think that will just set an identity that this team desperately needs. They've been garbage for three straight years. Yeah, they've got some nice draft picks. It didn't result in anything. No. You know what? You can barely even tell me like you're like, whoa, that person really got better. Like that was the, that was what they started getting concerned about. I think their picks in Jalen Green and Shangun. They're like, ooh, are, are they stagnating here? Like they're yeah. are they're not really growing maybe at the rate we want them to. But speaking of stagnating, we, we've seen the best of Fred VanVleet. We've seen the best of Dylan Brooks. Mm-hmm. How many more wins are they going to add to Trace? I point? think they're going to add ten wins, and I think okay. that for them, like you just went through, what were the seventeens and the twenties? Coming and, off twenty-two wins, yeah. Okay, so thirty, yeah, yeah thirty-two. Wins so like for, for them, they're ex- definitely at like what we've seen at the Orlando Magic stages here the last couple of years. Like yeah, thirty-five wins is a is an incredible year for them next year. Like if they're between thirty and thirty-five. That's a good year, probably. Yeah. I, the thing is, to me, they just pay them for too long. We don't know about Fred's health a few years from now, and we don't know about Dylan Brooks. His bod, when you're talking about that stone-cold bod, yeah, he <laughs> may work every day, but it, it doesn't look like he works when you look at the muscularity on that bod. Anyway, what? good luck. I hope it all works. <laughs> yeah, this, he's, not, he's not a muscle guy just because he wears a muscle shirt. That's, I didn't say he was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Okay. Yeah, well, you said what? It's easy to, 
He doesn't have well, muscles. I was confused about the muscular <laughs> definition uh, on Brooks and how that uh, impacted his contract. Um, well, impacts his, his work ethic. I, I just, we just don't know if he's going to be that guy for four years. I mean, that's that's who knows. Uh, let's talk about the Lakers. They were very busy in free agency. Day one, just to remind you, they uh, re-signed Rui Hachimura, three years, $51 million. They got Gabe Vincent from the Heat, three years, $33 million. Torian Prince... People were high on this one, scooping him up for $4.5 million there, just a one-year deal. Cam Reddish is on the Lakers, two years, $4.6 million, former uh, lottery pick there. And then day two, they weren't done. Austin Reeves, four years, $56 million. Looks like a bit of a steal when you're talking money. D'Angelo Russell's back, two years, $37 million. And then Jackson Hayes uh, from the Pelicans is headed to L.A., Two years, four point six million. Trey, let's start with you. Uh, you know, what type of grade are you giving the Lakers' free agency of the last couple of days? I'll give them a nice solid B. I think uh, Rob Plink has been cooking a little bit here, basically since the trade deadline. I mean, and the big turning Russell Westbrook into a team that makes sense. They've kind of just gone back to uh, where they were at after the twenty twenty championship, when it seemed like, yeah, we're just going to bring back some athletic guys, some defenders. Hopefully they can hit some shots from the outside. What works around LeBron and AD? And that's kind of where they're at right now. I feel like uh, Rui Hachimura, probably a little bit overpaid. But if he's the playoff Rui that we saw, if he's a 40% three-point shooter, I think he shot 48% in the playoffs this season. That seems unlikely, but you would like him at this deal is what, 17 mil? If he shoots 30% from three, like he did when he was at Washington... Then you're fretting a little bit here, but I think it makes up for it because Austin Reeves only making uh, four years, fifty-six million coming into the offseason. There was a lot of talk about if a team would kind of make the Lakers really overpay for him, yeah. drop a four-year, hundred million dollar deal on him. Instead, they're getting him at fifty-six because there was no other suitors out there. D'Angelo Russell, that's kind of a big deal, eighteen and a half million. But as much as the Lakers hate it, you got to still play during the regular season. He will help them uh, at least during the regular season, eighteen and a half for a starting point guard. I think that's fair. So I think they're just doing a good job of keeping the players that worked around LeBron and AD and then taking some swings on some guys who maybe hit. Not all of them are going to hit. Not Torian Prince and Cam Reddish aren't going to both suddenly be incredible players. But if like one of Gabe Vincent, Jackson Hayes, Prince, or Reddish hits, right. then they did it exactly right. I think it's uh, totally acceptable to talk about the Lakers again. <laughs> I mean, uh, obviously they're a conference finalist, uh, but you know, twelve months ago, eight months ago, uh, we were just hopeful, hopeful that this team somehow came together, and I think they even improved after coming together this postseason. They got D'Angelo Russell back for cheaper, far cheaper. Uh, so you replace Dennis Schroeder with Gabe Vincent, who you can see uh, being great. You can see him replacing D'Angelo Russell as the starting point guard at times, if need be, in the postseason. You can see him being the Mario Chalmers and hitting shots. I mean, he was great with, what was it, five 20-point games this playoffs. Like He can help big time. They replaced Troy Brown with Torian Prince. Maybe that's an upgrade. Who knows? Uh, Jackson Hayes, can he be a bird man from LeBron's days? Like It's, it's a possibility. Will it happen? Who knows? Cam Reddish. Uh, an interesting one there. Yeah, that's all potential. They haven't signed Lonnie Walker back quite yet, but he's kind of Lonnie filling Walker's that. Going to the Nets. Else. Oh, yeah. has he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he snuck in there. Yeah, yeah to the Nets. Uh, so that's it. Yeah, I think that could be a loss because Lonnie Walker did help. Uh, he did win a, a playoff game there. Uh, will Cam Reddish do the same? It's a it's a clutch signing there. Uh, it's a, a potential signing for him. Two years, six point four. So all in all, 
Yeah, they got better. And, I, you know, I, you have to believe in Austin Reeves, 100%, that he's going to get better. That's going to be a great contract. Oh, my that God. That dude is a baller. Um, he is only getting better. And uh, the Rui, he played well there. So you got to think that that's a decent deal for him as well, um, you know, if he continues to be Laker Rui. Well, so. they need Rui to just play well in the games he starts when LeBron sets, when he misses, you know. As he probably should at this point of his career, misses whatever thirty games due to uh, you know back to back situations and little ankle injury here. Okay, Rui, uh, you're in there alongside uh, Anthony Davis. Try and do your best, uh, LeBron facsimile. Um, Austin Reeves, that's an awesome deal. I can't believe that's what they ultimately got him for. I thought that was a typo when it came across Twitter. He is easily going to outperform that contract. He already showed in the playoffs. He was averaging 17 points per game as like the number three scorer on the team. He's got some playmaking chops. He plays hard on D. His shooting splits in the playoffs, 46%, 44 from deep. He chipped in five boards and five assists if we round up a little bit. 17-5-5 five five for a guy with good efficiency that gives a damn on the defensive end uh, and that has already sort of shown at least he can do it through a playoff run. That should be more than what he just got. Like, that feels to me like a $20 million player right there. I mean, we're arguing about Dylan Brooks being four for 80. That should be what Reeves is, right? Um, but yeah, they just scored on this one. That no one, no one else wanted to like put them in a tough spot and throw uh, throw more money at Austin Reeves. Yeah. So they paid him all stuff. all that they could under the CBA. Right, gave him a trade kicker. If you get traded, you get a, you get that bonus. They gave him a player option for the last year. They did all they could. Surprising that somebody some team didn't just sign him and have a hundred million dollar player on their roster potentially. Mm. Would have been the Rockets or Spurs, I yeah. guess. Yeah, Spurs, and, a lot of people thought. Yeah, maybe. Spurs would have been the one because the Rockets got, like we've talked about, a lot of young guys. I guess if you were wanting to criticize the Lakers, you would say they completely overpaid for playoff performances here. Gabe Vincent was a 33% shooter from the field during the regular yeah. season. Caught fire in the playoffs. Reeves had a really good after the trade deadline. Was great in the playoffs as well. Still... On his way up during the season, Rui Hachimura, like we've talked about, the guy was salary dumped at the trade deadline. So there's a chance that none of these pay off, or, or there's a chance that all three of these guys are awesome in the playoffs again, and Rob Polink looks like a genius. Yep. Yeah, I think they just play off LeBron and AD and continue their spots. Like Gabe Vincent, totally true. He was at, below average in the regular season. Somehow, like every Miami Heat player, woke up in the postseason. But I think if you're getting passes fired to you from Braun and AD, I I think he'll be great. Just don't dribble anymore. I mean, not as much. Uh, and that's why, yeah, Hachimura was awesome as well. So, yeah, it's, it all depends if LeBron is still healthy and why wouldn't he be um, for most of the year in the playoffs. Do you think the Lakers did enough here over the last couple of days? Uh, and then especially when you compare to the Nuggets losing a couple of their key bench contributors in Bruce Brown and Jeff Green, though I guess they brought in uh, Justin, Justin Holiday. Um, do you think the Lakers have done enough to, like, really challenge Denver in a, in a another potential playoff series? No. Uh, I think Denver is still the clear favorite in the Western Conference, but I think the Lakers are right there with Phoenix uh, mm. in the second tier of wanting to make the conference finals. We'll take our shot against Denver. What do you think? Yeah, totally the same. Uh, Nuggets have to be the favorite. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. 
Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Money men, let's talk about the guys that got paid. Nice little graphic here from our guy Jerome. Tyrese Halliburton, five years, $260 million max deal from the Pacers. LaMelo Ball, same thing from the Hornets. Five years, 260 The Grizzlies, they gave a max to Desmond Bain. It's five years, $207 million. Uh, my goodness. And then the Kings, we included it here. Not a max, but uh, damn near close. They did a renegotiation and extension with him. Five years, $217 million is what Sabonis is going to be uh, making. Any of those uh, guys you want to talk about and the deals they signed, Taff? Well, I think the Pacers are going to be everyone's hot pick for the surprise team in the Eastern Conference. I guess Tyrese Halliburton is a guy that people love and, and love to watch play and love to play with. And they also got Obi Toppin uh, from the New York Knicks. So uh, they are going to be good in transition. Obi Toppin is going to catch a lot of oops. Uh, but we'll see. He hasn't been able to stay on the floor specifically Obi Toppin. I mean, he hasn't played more than 17 minutes per game uh, through his three years because he's been a liability defensively. So they get Tyrese Halliburton. You sign him, obviously. Great centerpiece. Um, but they were below average last year on both sides of the ball. And him, along with the Bruce Brown signing, the Jairus Walker sign, or Jairus, Jairus Walker draft pick to go along with Halliburton. Matherin, Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, uh, a, a scrappy TJ McConnell, and Obi Toppin. They're going to be the pick. They're going to be the sexy pick. You think the pick uh, that's but, like that was obviously out of the playoffs to jump up? Yeah, into be a like, or yeah people will look and say, why can't yeah. they be the Kings type thing? Um, but they've got to climb a lot. I'm not sure if they, they can't, but they should be a playing team and they should be exciting. Um, you like the moves. Bruce yeah, Brown, yeah. obviously getting top in. You're of course going to give the money to Halliburton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think they really moves the needle that much. It, it depends if Matherin's great. Um, so they should jump, but how much? TBD. Uh, any thoughts on any of those money men? Well, Halliburton's 24 and Lamelo is 22. So no complaints on those gigantic deals. People were questioning Desmond Bain getting a 200 million dollars, but he's one of the best shooters in the league. And, I mean, he's coming off his rookie deal. Those guys always get maxes. He's part of the the core there in Memphis. So, I guess the biggest question mark is definitely DeMontis Sabonis. He'll be 28 at the end of this season. So, the Kings are paying for Sabonis through his prime. Yeah. Which I think is fair. He just had an all-NBA season. The Kings are on the upswing. He fits perfect next to Fox, who they've already got on a deal. So, it makes sense. They might regret it towards the end of it when he's, you know, 32 years old and they're looking for somebody else. They might stall out at just a good team in the Western Conference. And then you got two huge deals and who knows what uh, Sabonis' uh, trade deadline or trade value looks like as time goes on. But I mean, Sacramento doesn't get a ton of free agents. Uh, so they've got a guy in his prime who's an all-NBA player. I think it's fair paying him this. Oh, yeah. I, I would add to that. The guy played with a broken hand. <laughs> like, you know respect he could have easily been like no my hand's broken i gotta gotta sit this one out man and he did it and he tried to get sacramento into their first postseason in a long long time and obviously was fantastic in doing so i think there was like a hell yeah this guy this guy wants to help along with fox lead us to somewhere we haven't been in a long long time pay him re pay him accordingly yeah. um, and like the other thing with all of these deals here we just got to get used to the sticker shock of these massive 250 million, 260 million, over 200 million for all of these guys. 
the cap is just going to continue to rise and you got to start thinking about it as a percentage of the cap. It's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And look, I'm guilty too. You see some of these, you go, what? Holy crap. For LaMelo Ball, you're like five years, 260? Yeah, he's young, but obviously hasn't done anything yet. That's what you sort of have to do when you get obviously a high draft pick who is an all-star already and looks like a very talented player. These are just going to be eye-opening numbers but that's just uh, the NBA market as it is. And again, the cap space goes up and it it actually gets better and better. I put that in air quotes because it's like a less percentage. Right. Uh, and because it's difficult to remember yesterday because we do uh, a billion shows, I I initially thought, Lamella Ball's contract. Okay, just you're just paying a guy who's, who's a really good player but on a losing team. But I, I do forget that they were up. An above 500 team his last healthy year, which wasn't that long ago, 21-22, when he did make that all-star right. team. They were uh, a good team. Uh, it just feels weird to say that about a Charlotte Hornets team, but they were they were an above 500 team at 43 and 39 and 21-22. And uh, yeah, a team that doesn't get free agents, sign that dude. And it's, it's similar, like the, the Desmond Bain move is a, a real Nuggets move. It's pay our guys and we'll figure it out later. The Nuggets with Jokic and Murray and uh, and Michael Porter Jr. You know injuries held them back. You know post bubble uh, those those two years injuries held them back. Morant's off court incidents have held the Grizzlies back. But this team is also a winning team. They're the second seed two years in a row, so they're just going to go forward. And the Sabonis move is kind of a Nuggets move too, investing in their own, mm-hmm. which is fine. I guess the criticism is would another team have gone in there and paid him the same amount of money? But you know, they're, I think they're they're smartly doing it. They're putting it in within this year's cap number, uh, most likely when they do sort of configure the numbers. And it just shows the locker room, hey, we're dedicated to winning, like you said, about his injury. That's fine. It's totally fine. And, and hopefully they can grow like the Nuggets. That's what they're hoping. Some other notable names from uh, the NBA free agency weekend here. Uh, Max Struess is headed to Cleveland after all. Remember on Friday night, we weren't 100% uh, sure whether that was happening, but it is a sign-and-trade. It was a three-team deal, but four years, $63 million, Struess in Cleveland. Brooke Lopez, as I said, going back to Milwaukee, two years, $48 million. Dante DiVincenzo, four years, $50 million with the Knicks. The New York Wildcats, people, they're calling them. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, he's staying in Utah, three years, $55 million. Westbrook, two years, $8 million to stay with the Clips. Biggest pay cut in NBA history, is that what people were saying <laughs> with Russ? <laughs> going from, what, $47 million to about four? Uh, Obi Toppin, we said, traded uh, from the Knicks to the Pacers. EuroLeague MVP, Sasha Vezinkov. He's going to Sacramento. Three years, $20 million. People are very high on this. Uh, this guy can really shoot the ball. And then Eric Gordon, we slipped him in here sort of late, two years, $6 million. He's going to Phoenix, and the Suns did a whole lot in the first couple days of trying to build out their roster. Trey, let's start with you. Um, you know, Of those notable names, which one jumps off the page to you? All right, I think the Cavs improved on the wing. I think that uh, Max Struess, George Niang, and Karis LeVert is better than Karis LeVert, Chetty Osman, and Lamar Stevens. Yep. So, you know, probably still the weakest position for the Cavs, but they got better. I like the Pacers getting Obi Toppin. The price was right. They're going to run and gun. He fits along there. And I think the Knicks kind of botched Toppin's time there. He definitely is not a defender, but it's basically just been buried behind Julius Randle, who Tibbs seems to enjoy a little bit more. So I think it'll be nice for him to stretch his legs a little bit. I'm a Dante DiVincenzo fan. I like that he's reunited with the other Villanova guys. But the Knicks have a ton of guards right now. I think they just spent a lot of money on another guard 
Obviously, Jalen Brunson is entrenched as their point guard. They've got R.J. Barrett. They've now got Dante DiVincenzo. They got Josh Hart. They got Quentin Grimes. Quickly. Quickly is a guard as well. I guess he's probably considered a backup point guard. Evan Fournier is still around, cashing checks, throwing his hands up like, hey, Mm. I'm still around here. I don't necessarily know that the Knicks needed to do this for Dante DiVincenzo. Great for the vibes, but they need somebody else. At the big positions, I think it's it's uh, Randall, it's Robinson, it's Hartenstein. Yep. Jericho Sims is around, but I don't think he's a big part of their future. They could definitely use a little bit more wing depth. Uh, I think this is just uh, kind of strange to me, and I think the Suns did a really good job. They literally sorted low to high on the free agency and picked the best guys out there. So we'll see uh, if Eric Gordon pays off, but he tried to sign a contract with the Suns back in 2012 (laughs) for four years, $58 million, basically the Austin Reeves deal. It just took him 11 seasons to finally get to Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable that they got their third most reliable guard besides Booker and Beal for uh, nothing. I mean, for uh, a two-year, $6 million contract towards the the end of free agency you know the last after a couple days he's more reliable than campaign he could end games for this team uh yeah. so so that's that's a great great signing it's a really interesting team uh, with they them bringing back on the wings you know besides their big four uh, of book durant beal and ayton um they they have eric gordon now they have uh, campaign and then their wings are Josh Okogi they brought back Damian Lee Utah Watanabe on a minimum deal because he's got that connection with uh, Kevin Durant um, Ish Wainwright and then the bigs Drew Eubanks uh, who will be uh, backing up DeAndre Ayton could be good he's an athletic guy uh, Keita Bates Diop an athletic guy shot 40% from the Spurs for the Spurs last year and Chemezi Metu so all in all I think they did pretty damn good um, and I, I do like the Dante DiVincenzo signing. I know you even you know hinted at ah, it's too much money for Dante DiVincenzo. I know they got a lot of guards, but they also couldn't hit a three in the postseason, even with all those guards. This guy can, uh, and I and I think he is getting to his potential here, and that's that's why the the Warriors signed him. I think he was good there, but he was forty percent from three in the postseason, and yeah, they're small, but he rebounds pretty freaking big, four and a half boards. Uh, you know, in limited minutes per game, so he, he can he can uh, dish it out. But I do think they got to trade a guard for a big some some way somehow. But I think if he's on the team and he's starting instead of Josh Hart, this team wins some games. I mean, they just couldn't hit a shot. I, I do believe in this guy that he's he's finally hit his stride here in the NBA. Aren't the Knicks going to trade for Carl Anthony Towns at some point? <laughs> Will that be the big name they finally go and get with that Fournier contract and maybe some of these uh, some of these guards because they have a lot of them? Uh, no, I don't hate the you know deal. I, I didn't mean to uh, make a face if I did for four years, fifty million. It is funny that they just have all these Wildcats. Like I really want them to get Mikael Bridges, complete the entire uh, Villanova championship team there. Somehow get Bridges from the Nets to the Knicks. Uh, I don't think that's likely, but uh, you might as well while you're at it, I guess. Jay Wright, he's always being linked to being a head coach in the NBA, too. Go get him. Um, yeah, and any other thoughts on any of those guys uh, on that board? What do you think about the Max Struess? I mean, Trey sort of said he likes it. Yeah, baby, See? give me Max Struess. I know people are questioning Max Struess and whether or not he's a really good shooter because last year during the regular season, he wasn't. That's a big question. It's a fair question. Is he a 40% shooter like he was two years ago, or is he below average? He was below average last year. Yeah. I think he'll get back to that 40% type number now that he has to do less. He was asked last year. we got to remember the Heat were a mess during the regular season last year before they turned it all around. Yeah. <laughs> and Struess was doing yeah. way too much. 
Now he's going to not handle the ball <laughs> all that much yeah. with Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. Can he be a catch and shoot guy? Damn right, I, I think he'll he'll be great as long as they find him. As long as they find him, he will he will hit a lot of shots. And is he too small to play with Garland and Mitchell? I don't think so. If you can play for the Heat, which is also too small of a team, um, you know, one through five, and you can play defensively, I think you can play with this Cavs team. Uh, I, I think he'll be he'll be real good. He'll be their starter, and he'll hit plenty of shots. It seems like a lot of money, I guess. I, a guy going from the minimum. You know, to 16, but I think it'll be worth it. What do you make of uh, this rumor that the Cavs are potentially looking to trade uh, Jared Allen, their their big man in the middle there? You buying that at all? Were you surprised to see that at all? You think that's a, a direction they could explore? What's your take? I think it's a direction they could and probably should um, explore just because when you look at the personnel on their team, you know, Mitchell's contract with the Cavs is coming to an end, so he's going to be a question mark anyways. Garland is a young star. You're going to keep him around, and Evan Mobley is kind of the future of the franchise. So if you're looking for a player who is young, who has a little bit of a track record, and who could return something in a trade, Jared Allen, or Jared Allen, sorry, uh, is definitely um, the guy, especially because you look at what happened uh, to the Cavs in the playoffs last year. They got beat by big ball. And they're a team that's supposed to be good at big ball. Yeah. So big ball, not necessarily in vogue in the NBA unless you happen to have one of these MVP guys. Uh, so it's kind of hard to say, yeah, we're going to go forward here with two non-shooters in the lineup. They have to be two incredible uh, non-shooters. And I think that Mobley is and Jared Allen is kind of on the borderline mm-hmm. of that. So if there is a way for the Cavs to get better long term it may be moving him, which is why he's the guy on the block. Yeah, but you said it there. You almost don't want to overreact to Mitchell Robinson definitely getting the best of Jared Allen in, in a playoff series. Like, um, I mean, I guess there's concern. It shouldn't have happened. Uh, but was it just this weird, you know, weird, what was that, a, f- a five-a-game series? Was that yes, six? Yeah, yeah, they geez, smashed them. They destroyed them. That's true. Um, or do you, like, obviously continue to sort of build with the squad here that you have? He's under contract and, and move forward. Maybe that's why he was in these rumors suddenly. Or teams are like, geez, we like Jared Allen as our center, as our sort of main guy, not having to do a whole lot. It's not like you're going to give him the ball and go get us 20. Uh, minor moves, I'm going to throw a ton at you. On the graphic, we got Mo Wagner going to the Magic, uh, or staying in the Magic. Two years, $16 million. Dwight Powell staying with the Mavs. Three years, $12 million. Jalen McDaniels. Headed to the Raptors, Tass Mellis, two years, $9.3 million, obviously was playing in Philadelphia. Derek Rose is no longer in New York. He's with the Grizzlies, two years, $6.5 million. We got Oladipo traded from Miami to the Thunder. We got Monte Morris traded from the Wizards to the Pistons. And then, look, I got a million more for you. Thomas Bryant, he's going to the Heat, small deal. Ty Jerome going to the Cavaliers, small deal. Patrick Beverly to the Sixers. Dennis Smith Jr. to the Nets, along with Lonnie Walker also to the Nets, as we said. Alex Len and the Kings, they agreed to a one-year $3.2 million deal. Patty Mills, I believe, headed to OKC. It's been tough to keep up on where Patty's going, but I think he's in OKC. Cody Zeller, come and rescue me. He's with the Pelicans. Justin <laughs> Holiday to the Nuggets. And Corey Joseph to the Warriors. That's all the minor moves, guys. guys. <laughs> we were working in the Google Doc this week. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, Tess, start with you here. Uh, of all these sort of quote-unquote minor moves, anything uh, intrigue you? Well, sure. Uh, the Raptors get Jalen McDaniels. I know Raptors fans just want the silver bullet. They're just begging for the one guy that takes them to the top that just doesn't 
happen all that much. So you try to work around the edges. You try and get a guy here who has a lot of promise as a 3 and D guy. They gave him a, a good deal, but he has a lot of upside. The Philadelphia 76ers went and got him at the trade deadline. He played well for them. They're trying to shed contract. They're trying to figure their spot out. So reps swoop in here. He's not the silver bullet, but that's not what happens in the NBA. I mean, I, I know it. Raptors fans are just angry. Where is our championship? <laughs> oh, man. Man, the entitlement on Raptors fans. Just one freaking championship in 25 years, and all of a sudden we got to win the freaking thing every year. They're a 500 team. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. And they got Jalen McDaniels, who might be good. Well, that's I, the I worst spot to be, be though. That's, the, that's the, the anger from Raptors fans. It's the worst spot to be. The Bulls are in the same spot. It's like you're not bad enough to get high draft picks, and you're not good enough to do anything, let alone even make the play-in tournament in, the, uh, in both our teams' cases. Yeah. So... But you look. Oh, at, sorry, they made the play in tournament, didn't make the actual playoffs. Excuse me. That's yes. Right. Yeah. But you look at your digital ticket stub, and you might see a win tonight instead of a god awful basketball game. So, I mean, yeah. They, they, sorry, they developed players, and now are decent. I mean, yeah. Why didn't Kawhi stick around? What What up with that? I mean, think about that. One year, parade. Bye. That was weird. Uh, anyway, uh, so they're awesome. they're trying. <laughs> That was awesome. It's a yeah. boss move. Yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> Are you kidding me? We traded for Kawhi Leonard and won a championship. Also traded for Marcus Gasol. Let's not forget that. Oh, um, I'll, I'll never forget Marcus Gasol. Uh, uh, so you liked uh, Jalen McDaniels? Just uh, addition. That's a here. shot in the dark. I never was a a huge Jalen McDaniels fan, but now he's a Raptor. Now he's a Raptor. Yeah, now, <laughs> he's, now he's good. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a it's a decent amount of money for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they've obviously had him on the on the bulletin board for a while and they said this guy could be another one of our guys who can't shoot but maybe <laughs> yeah but maybe got long shoot. arms he fits <laughs> the bill perfectly uh trey all the minor moves uh what surprised you what uh you know excited you anything here's my three takeaways okay i like patrick beverly on the 76ers <laughs> i like somebody to yell at all of their guys <laughs> sure most notably joel Embiid. uh so i think he actually helps there they Patrick- got two of those guys now. They got Tucker and Beverly. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, I'll make sure to subscribe to their podcasts. <laughs> Is this the only podcast? Uh, I guess that's why the 76ers had to bring in Patrick Beverly, George Niang, a podcaster as well. He left. They're like, sorry, we got to have He's somebody. He's got a podcast. Oh, wow, I didn't know Niang had one. I think so. I'm pretty sure he does. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, very infrequent. So you're saying control <laughs> the narrative. Voice. Control the narrative. <laughs> yes. One of your players in their podcast. Okay. It's nice to have a podcaster on your team like uh the bulls had a their best stretch when they had patrick beverly last year it was like tosh trash talking the lakers it was fun times yeah. so that's cool um also i will say i'm a minor ty jerome believer okay okay <laughs> very minor very minor so uh you know two and a half million dollars for the cavaliers uh, i bet he'll hit a three-pointer in the second quarter of a game at some point this <laughs> cool. season cool. and then uh finally i think mo wagner got a new nickname mo money yeah, mm. this was a guy. lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Congratulations on being Franz Wagner's brother. I would say <laughs> that's a payday. <laughs> that's a payday right there. For that is a payday for Mo Money Wagner for all two t- years, sixteen million. He got in a fight on the bench once. Other than that, Just I don't once? really. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it. It may have been more than once. Yeah, but he hasn't had a lot of notable NBA moments. Yeah, you look at that money, and then you look at Dwight Powell that signed for, was it four per year? Yeah. Um, 
that's some damn good value for yeah. Dwight Powell, who might True. who might be a starter on that Mavericks team. Oh yeah, uh, he could play a decent amount. So promising. Uh, yeah, quite promising. <laughs> he, might, he might start. <laughs> he still might start. Yeah, four million. The Mavs keep signing everybody who's over seven feet tall, but they gotta keep starting Dwight Powell. <laughs> the promise is undeniable. Uh, yeah, Derek Rose. There's a vet around Memphis. Monte Morris. There's a vet for the young guards in Detroit. I guess he replaces Corey Joseph. Our Canadian guy who's going to the Golden State Warriors yeah. to try and get a second ring as like the fourth uh, guard on, on a team or the fourth point guard, whatever you want to say. I think Thomas Bryant will be good with the Heat. They'll find a way to make him good. They finally got a backup center. That's pretty decent uh, over Cody Zeller. No disrespect to him, but Thomas Bryant has more potential. And uh, yeah, I'd say the Victor Oladipo move, ah, oh man, it's over. It feels like for the, the for Victor Oladipo, it just doesn't feel like he's, he's going to be quite back. I mean, he had like a 26 point quarter or something ridiculous this year but I guess he just can't put it together game to game but you mentioned Sasha Vizankov yeah that's pretty exciting for the Sacramento Kings that's nice that dude is the Clay Thompson of the NBA now I mean he doesn't he I know it's a, what about a, Clay Thompson a, a, yeah. well, <laughs> well, the lefty Clay Thompson how about that uh, he doesn't dribble right but, he, but, uh, he, but he shoots yeah. not a playmaking the guy out. off the dribble no 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 he was 66% from the field he's a wing 66% from the field in EuroLeague. That's why he was the EuroLeague MVP. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he just, just let it fly. So, you know, don't uh, people are saying, oh, it is not a playmaker, we need a playmaker. No, you don't. Let De'Aaron Fox <laughs> and Sabonis make every play and pass it to that guy. He's not going to miss. So that's a good good little risk for $6 million per year. It's nothing. The biggest concern with him is how's he going to play with the uh, NBA ball? <laughs> They don't have that molten over here. Mm, mm. <laughs> he might like the grooves of that ball. <laughs> He's a hell of a shooter. He's is a lights out shooter, and they obviously believe in him too. I mean, that's a three years, twenty million, nothing to sneeze at. Um, so they see him as a, a contributing player right away. They also got uh, another Canadian, right? Well, I guess we did talk about it. We slipped it in on Friday's podcast. Chris Duarte, I think that yep. is uh, yep, yep. basically official that he will be coming to Sacramento. So them and along Trey with the Lyles. thing and Trey Lyles keeping him that's right that's and right. Alex Len game back yep 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 mm. running it back yep. uh, which team this is a little difficult I'm putting you on the spot which team are you surprised just like did next to nothing <laughs> in free agency or which team come to mind like the Sixers now a part of that probably the the James Harden of it all little paralysis. but they've done like nothing except like, Beverly Beverly yeah I mean and they traded away George Niang lost Niang lost McDaniels yeah Bringing in Beverly. Harden is likely leaving. Uh, it ain't great in Philadelphia no. right now. They really haven't done much, but like you're saying, the Harden situation kind of has them just waiting to see what happens. And maybe at this point, the Clippers deal is going to be the best move for them just because it could return a few players mm-hmm. rather than just one guy for Harden. Yeah. And I was surprised to see George Niang has hit 300 threes for them over the last two years. That's a lot of freaking threes. Um, <laughs> so they're going to miss... You're going to miss him. I'm Sounds missing. like George Niang might be the new Clay Thompson of the NBA. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Oh, okay. Would you say well, that? Well, I don't know. He hit a lot of threes. He said 300. You know, I think a Clay, I think a Curry, but he said two years. So yeah. <laughs> he's half of Clay Thompson. How's that? <laughs> um, and I was going to ask who are the biggest names left? It's not a lot. I mean, it's PJ Washington who's restricted, it's Grant Williams who's restricted. Mm-hmm. And man, you start sort of. Uh, Running out of names after that. It feels like those two guys might just switch teams. I don't know why. It's definitely possible. <laughs> it's just PJ Washington goes to the Celtics and Grant Williams goes to the Hornets. Uh, yeah, some other names yeah, I'm seeing. Else? Mo Bamba. 
Okay. <laughs> Mo Bamba. Easy KOC. <laughs> Mo- People were talking about Mo Bamba during that uh, Lakers Nuggets series. He might come back for game four. Yeah, that's right. Can you imagine? He didn't. <laughs> uh, he did not come back, and he likely is not coming back for the Lakers. Honestly, Chicago Bulls. Bomba number five. <laughs> Give, Give him a, a ring. They All can right. use him. Uh, honestly, for the veteran minimum, there's not a lot of great players out there. Jay Crowder. <laughs> no, no, no. He's Milwaukee. Milwaukee. He, got, he went back to Milwaukee. Yep. I would hope so. They traded, what, five second round picks <laughs> yes, for right. him. Uh, Christian Wood, probably. Oh, Wood. Oh, the I highest scoring guy who's left over. That tells you everything you know, need exactly, to know about Christian right. Wood. Yep. Yep. Uh, Saric, I guess we're still waiting on him to go to the Warriors is what he's yeah. been linked to. Okay. Well, I'd forgotten about Christian Wood. Wow. Tory Craig, did he sign anywhere? I don't think so. I don't think so. so. That's a guy that people talk about. Kelly Oubre, he sc- did he score 20 points he per game last year? He scored 20 points sure per game. He sure <laughs> did. He sure did. TJ Warren, talk, him in, talk yourself into him. Justice Winslow, talk yourself into him. Oh, Terrence Ross, probably. I guess Now that um, you said TJ Warren. <laughs> to go back to uh, Tory Craig, the Pistons and Kings, uh, among other teams, are interested in him. Okay. Okay. So, you know, obviously he could help a team. It's going to give you some minutes off the bench. It's not going to be a difference maker. But, yeah, my point is not a lot left. Not a lot. At all. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where those uh, final few names end up here. Uh, and we're only, what, day th- what is this, day four of free agency? Yeah. If you count Friday night. Day yeah, I one, guess it, two, it all depends yeah. on how you count it. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I think we went through basically everything. Uh, you tell us in the stream team if we uh, missed an important name or a signing. Sorry if we did. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. 
Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet, ah. Uh. Yeah, keeping it basketball-related for Tweet of the Night, because I just wanted to slip this little news in. So I am going to give Tweet of the Night to Woj uh, at ESPN. Yes, at Woj ESPN. Give it a follow. Uh, Only (laughs) 6 million of you do. Uh, He tweeted over the weekend, New York Knicks guard Josh Hart has committed to the final roster spot on the 12-man Team USA, excuse me, on the 12-man Team USA FIBA World Cup team this summer in the Philippines. Sources tell ESPN. He joins his Knicks teammate Jalen Brunson on the American team. So Josh Hart completes the Team USA FIBA squad, which is uh, later in August, early September. That gets underway. The roster, you want to hear it? Yes. I know I've done this before, but now we have it complete. The guards, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, and Austin Reeves. The forwards, Paolo Bancaro, Mikhail Bridges, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Bobby Portis, let's call him a forward, and Cam Johnson. And the centers, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Walker Kessler. I turn a day before July 4th to an American man, (laughs) and I say, will you salute this team, or do you poop on this team? Oh, come on, Skeets. Of course I'm 100% saluting uh, the American gold medalists here. Uh, Really? You think so? I don't know. Well, I mean, look at this experience. I know what you're saying. No international experience for any of these guys. How do they play with the molten ball? That's the real question. You better order them off Amazon Prime right now. Get used to gripping those balls, boys. Uh, Honestly, when you read out the roster, I just hope Paolo Boncaro doesn't get squeezed. Because that's a guy I think could be in the running for next great American. Okay. Alongside uh, Anthony Edwards. But there's a lot of there's just a lot of wings here. I feel like he could be valuable for them as maybe even almost a backup five playing uh, internationally. He's got good size yep. and he's a good passer. So I hope he actually gets a pretty solid run here. I guess he was the next to last guy added. But there's going to be several games. We've talked about it before where the U.S. isn't going to have the best player on the floor. I guess it still remains to be seen who all commits uh, for some of the international teams as well. But they're definitely a top dog on this team uh, right now. So we'll see how that shakes out long term. I guess Ingram is probably the most established star on the team. He's further along in his career. He's made an all-star team. So maybe he's uh, the go-to guy. But it definitely feels like that position is still to be seized by whoever goes out there and takes it. Let's make the starting lineup for Team USA. What would you predict it to be in game one there in FIBA? Build it. Who's who's at the point? Is it... Is it Brunson or is it Halliburton as your point guard to start the game? And then I'm assuming you have Anthony Edwards as your two. Yes. Okay. So who would you start alongside Edwards? I would maybe go Halliburton. Okay. Just because of three-point shooting. Okay. Okay. I think he's a better shooter than Brunson, isn't he? Okay, yeah. let's just go. He's over 40. Let's yeah. go Halliburton and Edwards. And then your three or your two uh, forwards. Again, Paolo, Mikhail Bridges, Josh Hart, Ingram, Bobby, and Cam. So Brandon Ingram starting. Probably, I would think so. Yeah, sure, probably yeah. so. And then it's, is is it, yeah, is it Paolo? Is it Bridges? Is it? That's yeah, probably not Portis or Cam or, or Josh Hart. I wouldn't think so. It feels like it's Paolo. Okay, or, maybe it could be Bridges and Ingram. 
Like okay. Ingram is maybe more so the four. Okay. I guess, okay. Okay. With the height. And then uh, probably Jaron Jackson Jr. starting yeah, over Walker I think Kessler. He's the starter, that sound the right there, Tess? Yeah, absolutely. So Halliburton, Anthony Edwards, let's say Bridges and Ingram, and then Jaron Jackson Jr. A lot of defense. There's quite a bit of defense, no doubt. But you got Edwards, obviously, as your scorer. I'll be interested to see who leads this team in scoring. Is it going to be Ingram? Is it going to be Edwards? Is there any possibility? Is Paolo? I don't know. Halliburton, maybe? Eh, probably not Halliburton. More of a playmaker. Mm-hmm. Setup, man. Uh, any thoughts on Team USA? Tessie? Uh, well, one guy that they will be playing against on Team Australia also signed a uh, an NBA contract. He's back, baby. Dante Exum signed with the Mavericks. That's right. Saw that, yeah. Two, a guaranteed deal as well. Not messing around. He's back. They're going to throw him out there to be that guy who, hey, uh, Kyrie, Luca, you don't have to guard anybody. Exum's got him. Because uh, he was he was the hardened stopper for a second uh, in the postseason back there with back then with Utah. So nice to see him back. Dante back was it? He was what was he? He five, was the top fifth five pick. pick in the 2014 draft. He's only 27. Oh, he's got a birthday coming right up. 28 almost. Uh, wasn't there another Australian that signed that came over as well? Jack From, White is. It? That's right. Mm-hmm. Is it Jack White? Yeah. Uh, he played for the Nuggets this season. I think, oh right? no, no, it's not Jack White. Then I don't think. Anyway, there's another one. And then, obviously, Jock Lundale, um signing his big deal there with his squad. Okay, there you go. Team USA, salute it, love it, and uh, let's see how they do in FIBA World Cup action. Coming up later this week, we probably won't have a podcast tomorrow unless Harden or Lillard gets moves. You know, we're not jumping on here to talk about the Chevy tracks. PJ Washington uh, <laughs> ultimately making a decision. So probably no podcast on Tuesday. And then we fly to Vegas on Wednesday. But guess what? On Wednesday, we're dropping our Fast Friends podcast reviewing Fast X, Fast 10, Fasten Your Seatbelts, whatever you want to call that damn movie with Vin and Co. We've recorded it. We had a blast. It's two hours long, of course. Uh, Ash was on it, JD, Trey, myself, and Matteo back once again. So we had so much fun talking about this ridiculous movie. So our Fast X, Fast Friends coming up Wednesday morning. At 9 a.m. Eastern, we'll drop that on YouTube and in your podcast feed. And then again, Saturday, coming up here, July 8th, 4 p.m. local time in Vegas. Come uh, come kick it with us at the Bet MGM Sportsbook at the MGM Grand. A little no dunks slash athletic NBA show meet and greet. Uh, can't wait for that. We also are planning to have a podcast um, on the Friday night after we watch Wembenyama hopefully play in that first game. Uh, at Summer League and maybe there's some other moves to talk about some transactions so we'll have a couple podcasts for you this week like I said Fast Friends then probably one from Summer League later and then uh, yeah we'll figure it out from there but everyone thanks for joining us here Clipper Bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember to pack all your tank tops for uh, Dante's Inferno this weekend (laughs) it's kind of hot there (laughs) embrace the day people (laughs) 